You went to Saigon. Oh, uh, there was a, yeah, I went to, went to the beach party. Hong Kong's got lots of weird beach games, actually. I remember... Wait, during office hours, you were on the beach. Yeah. You were playing, not team building. Yeah, it's like team building. Okay. But I remember I went on one of these boat trips, like a junk boat trip. That's like a Hong Kong thing, isn't it? Yep. And there was some game where you had to... Do you have a company junk? No, 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 no. Sorry, just, well, you, you looked really excited for a moment there. You know what the probably is one, but they don't let IT use it. Anyway, on a social junk hire trip with friends, there was some game where you threw a ball in the air and shouted a number, and the person who has that number has to run up and catch the ball. And then if they don't catch the ball, someone else picks it up and has to throw at you or something. And if they hit you, you lose a life. And once you lose all your lives, you have to like roll down the beach into the sea. <laughs> is this right? I didn't know what the punishment was. I know the first part of the rules. Yeah, so the punishment seems to be you then have to like lie down on the floor and roll like a log all the way to the sea. Did you lose? I didn't lose. I, I just watched someone else do it and I was really confused because it was all in Cantonese. It was all in Cantonese. And I was like, oh. Um, so you have an extra, di- extra lag. <laughs> extra dimension of like, what the fuck number was that? Was that my number? <laughs> yeah, and then we played a game at the team building event where you had like a big ball of string you stood in a big circle and you threw the string to someone on the other side of the circle and they had to catch it and if they caught the string they had to tell a fun fact or secret about themselves that no one else knew what was sir michael's i i, I didn't actually have I, they never threw the string to me so no one ever knew my fun fact they didn't want to know your deep dark secrets yeah that's right i'm, I'm oversharing too much anyway it would have to be something really grim there were some quite funny ones one guy was like in my first it job i was fired after four days <laughs> And then there was another, there was another one where it was like, on my first day at work and my first job, I got caught short and I had to take a shit in a bush. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, some people had really good ones. Some people actually had really hilarious secrets that they just shared with the whole, the whole department. They were good. Yeah. And then at the end, you'd basically made like a big net. And then because I hadn't caught the ball and because I was small and light, they were like, Mike, you got to lie in the net. And so I had to lie on the ground and they tried to like throw me in the air. But we didn't have quite enough string, so it was basically just about able to lift me, and it was very precarious. They might have tried to throw me in the sea, but then, you know, the net couldn't hold me, fortunately, so it was all right. You wonder why people think you're young. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah. I was just like, whatever. Yeah, it's like, hold my phone, I'm going in. I just jumped into the net. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. sounds fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was the company beach barbecue social event. Oh, Cantonese barbecue food though is whack. It was like all weird, strange sausages and dubious cuts of meat. It was really funny. All the local, like local local Hong Kong people, understood how to use the beach barbecues clearly because they were all like really organised and all their food came out looking really good. And I was sat with a bunch of other expats and we were just really confused. We just kept burning everything. We just literally burning everything. At the end, we had like some sweet potatoes. And they were like literally like charcoal on the outside. And there was like a small core of, we hadn't managed to carbonize it, potato in the middle. It's like, how did we do so badly? I'll invite you next time we have one in the village. In the village? We do, we have one on the roof. Barbecue on the roof. Just Hong Kong things. But I don't know how to do either. I have to I rely on the my neighboring barbecuers to tell me when, when it's done, when it's ready to turn, you know, whether it's ready to be glazed. I don't know. Wow, this is, this is exciting. Yeah, the only thing I think we managed to eat that was good was like the sweet corn because that was like really obvious. And also you didn't have to worry too much about it being undercooked. Everything else was a little bit 
confusing. I think we we just had no barbecue skill. But you didn't give yourself the shits. No, I was fine. Others weren't. <laughs> People had the weekend to recover, so. Yeah, you have to cook your own food. No one ever cooks their own food in Hong Kong. What? People cook their own food all the time. It's fun. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's true. People people don't ever cook their own food unless they go to a restaurant where you cook your own food. I've had this too. I've been like, who wants to go for Korean barbecue? Who wants to go for shabu shabu? And then all of my expat friends are like, why would I go to a restaurant to cook my own food? I'm like, because it's fun. But no one ever wants to go. Are you up for Korean barbecue? I really like Korean barbecue. And shabu shabu? Yeah. It's on Jenny's list. Oh, it's on Jenny's list. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you're allowed to, if I can invite you to everything. It's like, I bought Mike and I bought April. <laughs> just going to show up. It's going to show up for all food related activities. Yeah. You're going to the most important one. The event of the year, the visit to my flat. <laughs> She's really looking forward no, to it. I don't understand this. I don't, I genuinely don't. I find this really funny. <laughs> okay, let's start then. Go on. We are Lost Levels Club. Today we're a book club for games. We have Sir Michael here today with us. Hello. And again. What? Again. Hello. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm Tingathy. 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 Oh, that's what we should have talked about. Tingathy, my faithful manservant. You were shielding me with your umbrella. <laughs> you, were, you were shielding me with your umbrella so I could text in the rain. What, what transpired was you were texting and I decided to flung op- I flung open an umbrella for you. And the, the crazy bit was you behaved as if I wasn't there. You didn't thank me or acknowledge me. You just kept going. <laughs> just just like a proper manservant. <laughs> I don't know. I thought, was, I thought it was very funny, actually. But then you felt guilty and opened up your own umbrella in the end. <laughs> you, you seem very shocked by my umbrella. You were like, what the f-? And it's like, what's that? What's that? I'm compensating for something. <laughs> I used to have the same umbrella as you, but it broke. So I had to buy a new one. This is so unnecessary. Yeah, it, it is actually really heavy and way too big. It's a bit of a pain, really. You have the umbrella of a five hundred pound man. A <laughs> five hundred pound man. It's it's yeah. It's just unusually wide. I should have bought a smaller umbrella. This episode contains spoilers for Earthbound, but I don't necessarily think you shouldn't listen to this episode if you haven't played Earthbound yet, because it's all stuff very near the beginning of the game. Certainly within the first five or six hours, and it's. It's a much longer game than that. So I think you probably could listen to it and decide if you don't want to be spoiled any further, stop and play the game. Or if you listen to it and think, I don't care about Earthbound, stop listening and don't come back. <laughs> no, keep listening anyway. <laughs> keep listening anyway. They've really downloaded it by now. I've got their download. I don't care. <laughs> We've got to, we t- there could be tangents ahead. There could be tangents ahead. And while this, yeah, okay. Today's game is Earthbound. We've made a start. We have finally started the book club game, and this is the first of the new style. We're not going to try and talk about the entire game in one episode. We're only going to talk about where we've played up to, this little chunk. And yeah. I guess our impressions and the feel of the... I mean, you did mention this maybe first chunk is shorter than 
the ones to come, but then we've probably got first impressions and stuff to go through as well. So there's definitely plenty to talk about. We start at the beginning. I wanted to ask you how you named your posse. So I very boringly just gave them all the default names. Why? So I, I actually you're a boring person. <laughs> I did qualify this. I used to, when I played these games, name the characters after myself and people I knew. So the main character I used to always call Mike, because usually you don't have enough letters to write Michael. And yeah, I would just name the other characters after people I knew. Would you have made me the dog? <laughs> I, I would have named Pooh after you, maybe. No, I'm kidding. I, I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, for Japanese RPGs now, the characters usually have their own character. It's not like a blank slate role-playing game. So now I usually just give them their default names because they've already got a predefined character. I'm going to play that character. So that was my reasoning for doing it. The good thing about Earthbound is it'll supply like five names for you to choose from. I didn't make my own up. I just chose from theirs, I think. I picked Ness, Ralph, Paige, and Rex was my dog. But then I don't remember whether I, well, I've not come across Pooh. I don't know if I named him Pooh. Could have named him Omar, I think. The thing is, this is going to make it really confusing. Because when we talk about Nez, it's going to be obvious. But I'm going to be talking about Paula, and you're going to be talking about Paige. It's the same person. It's the same person. Yeah. And who's the other one? Oh, let's not talk about anyone, because that's for next time. Yeah, well, Jeff is the is the other guy, isn't he? But I haven't, I haven't got him yet. But then you had to name, like, your favourite thing or food? Your favourite food and your favourite thing. What's your favourite thing? So your favourite thing is what gets used for your psi power. So you've got psi... Crushing. Crushing. That's so good. I thought that was really funny, actually. That made me laugh when I saw I it. I thought you would do that. I did that for you. Yeah, that's great. I was boring and I just picked, I actually picked gaming because I always did what you did. And I was just like, don't care, don't care, don't care. I was actually intending to pick rocking, but then I thought, I'll just see what the other options are. And then one of them was gaming. And I thought, okay, I guess I should pick gaming. But side gaming is actually really dumb. Like side rocking or side crushing, it makes so much more sense. You told me a funny story about what you named it in Earthbound 2. In Earthbound 2, you've got the same thing. Yeah, your favorite thing. And the default is love, like PK love. But I changed to logic when I tried to... Well, I only played like 20 minutes of Earthbound 2 just to, to check the translation patch was working. I mean, that's, this is a whole other story. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had PK logic briefly. This is all like stemming back from when I first tried these games out, I think, doing my computer science degree. So I had PK logic. I probably had Psy logic when I first played this as well, actually, thinking about it. And I used to call things like, you know, when you had to name your clan or name your team, I would call it Haskell. If that means anything to you. Yeah, it does. Yeah, really? It, yeah. I had a Clan Haskell. Clan Haskell. Go logic. This probably means nothing to you if you're not a programmer. Anyway. I had to change the text speed was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I was going to say, you made the incredibly foolish decision of going with medium text speed. Well, I'm new to this. I thought medium would be appropriate. I don't know. Do you have the reading comprehension of a six-year-old i mean it's even fast is really slow i find myself like mashing and going faster yeah i, I want it just to pop up instantly yeah i don't want to expose how slow at reading i am or what flavor text box i went with plain flavor mint you went with mint i think so or strawberry oh i mean this is actually it is really cute i actually quite like the intro and it also 
immediately goes into like the funky music and the weird sampled sounds, which I think was quite unusual for Super Nintendo. The number of samples in that opening section. But I selected medium text. I panicked because I thought I cannot suffer this game on medium text. I had to. Luckily, I found out that if I go back to load screen, I can select as an option. Otherwise, I'd restarted. Otherwise, you're gonna have to restart the whole damn game. Do you want to talk about the controls, or later? Uh, I mean, we can we can get to this at any point. But yeah, I, the controls are weird because I neither of us has the instructions. They're not. He's being weird. We neither of us has the instruction manual, and I I remember this from the first time I tried playing it as well, being really confused. I was like, why does the menu keep coming up? So the A button on the Super Nintendo, which is equivalent to where the circle button is on a PlayStation controller. Well, in Final Fantasy, which is, like, I guess, like the main, well, well, certainly one of the most famous RPGs uh, that was on the SNES, the A button will do like the default action. It will talk to people, it will pick up items, you know, things like that. And in Earthbound, it opens up the menu, which I just find strange and confusing. And the equivalent to just pushing the A button is to push L1. Well, actually, it's just L. You know, there was no L2 on a Super Nintendo controller. So I found that really, really odd. Takes quite a lot of getting used to. I mean, the only good thing I noticed about it is that it means you can actually play with one hand most of the time. Did you find that out by accident? Yeah, I was just like fiddling around with the controls to try and figure out what did what. Because I was like, wait, if this isn't the menu, then what is the confirm button? But then it turns out that is the confirm button most of the time. It's just also menu. I guess this is a thing, because if you think back to like the 90s, which is when this came out, we didn't really have standardized controls. Like games would just randomly do their own thing. Think back to like PC games, like WSAD was not the standard control. Like WSAD only came in in like 2000s, which is crazy if you think like everything's WSAD now. I still using the cursor keys. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I remember the first game that used, like, you know, was, and I was just like, why don't you use the arrow keys? Because you've got perfectly good keys with arrows on them. Yeah. But of course, now it's just like, oh, it's barbaric, these arrow keys. We can start. We can start. Again. Again. <laughs> How does it start? How how does Earthbound start? In your bed. Yeah, a crashing sound and you wake up and you get out of bed. And odd things. Like, what's going on? There's a meteor. Your mum sends you out. Your mum is scared. Your, your, your mum your, your is just like, well, there's no point in me trying to stop you because you'll just sneak out anyway. And she says, take the dog with you. And then... It, it, the game is actually really odd, actually, uh, because well, it's odd in so, for so many reasons, but it feels like you're supposed to be able to get to the meteor, but you can't. You actually have to go outside, walk all the way to the meteor, to the police blockade. And I guess that's like the start of the jokes about, oh, we're the Onnit Police Department. We love to blockade roads. <laughs> that, that's like a running joke of the first bit of the game. But you actually have to walk all the way to the to the meteor. You can't actually get to the meteor, and you have to go home and go back to bed again. <laughs> and then, and then after you've done that, you get woken up again, and then you get then you, then you actually get to go really go to the meteor. And a bee from the future comes out of it. Yes, and tells you, "Hey, kid, I'm a bee from the future. You need to save the world." Um, I mean, 
what? <laughs> so who? No, wait. Let's go back a few steps. So who's at the top of the meteor's pokey? Yeah, I get. I think you've got like recurring character, like return. He's like a recurring kind of lame antagonist, isn't he? Pokey and his family. Like Pokey is acting like he's all cool, but actually, and you know, he was like, "Oh, my brother got lost," but actually, Pokey ran away, and his brother was waiting for him there at the top. And then you have to con Pokey's family, Pokey's mum, like Pokey's (laughs) mum. What the hell? (laughs) What the hell happened to her? What happened to her face, man? like botox gone wrong is it botox what's the thing they do with your lips yep exactly lip plumping gone wrong so i said it looked like mr blobby she looked like mr it sorry yeah it's quite appropriate really she looks like little mr blobby go on well it's just like art direction like she's not the only person who looks like this it's the art direction is really weird actually it's quite wonky that there isn't like necessarily one consistent art style some characters are just drawn like completely wackily and different I mean, it's, it is funny, but it's like completely nuts. And then I don't know if this is going to be something that's like a long running joke that gets paid off later or something or whether you're, because your dad is just like on the other end of a phone. I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to figure out if your dad is like some total deadbeat or if he's like working hard or something, but I don't think so. Cause he's like, oh, we, when you save and say continue, it's like, oh, your mum works hard. It's like, I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do. But he keeps wiring you money. I think that's quite a neat trick they do because if you think about it, when you beat up like a mushroom or a crow or a snake, there's no reason for it to be holding money. So I guess that's how they make that feel like it makes a bit more sense. When you beat up an enemy, it's your dad that gives you the money. They don't explicitly connect those two things, but that's what's happening. Okay. I'll accept your justification. What? Do you think it was annoying, the ATM thing? It's not, but I don't know. There's still that very tenuous relationship or link. They don't they don't explain it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that they just don't really explain. I don't know whether if we had the instruction manual, if it will make it clearer. Or it was lost in translation. Oh, it's lost in translation. I don't know. But going back to Pokey's family, you after you rescue Pokey and... What's his brother called? Picky? The mother is like, please leave. And I was thinking... Uh, I guess it's fair enough. It's like past midnight and I'm in their house. And he's like, please move far away, you and your whole family. And I was like, whoa, what? This got serious fast. And then the the father's like, we've been very patient with your family. I lent your father over $100,000. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, or maybe less. And I was like thinking, wait, who's saying the truth now? I can't tell there's going to be some like long payoff joke. And it's going to turn out that your dad is a total deadbeat. Or maybe they are just a bunch of jerks. Well, we have that recorded. So we can see. Yes. Do you go back to your home? Do you have another night night's sleep? No, no, no. After you walk out Pokey's house, then the dawn breaks and it's daytime. Oh. Anyway, whatever. None of this is really important. It's the fact that your mum just sends you out. I'm not, I'm not as uncomfortable with her parenting at all. Yeah, it, it is very strange. I mean, the game doesn't actually give you very much direction because there's the 10 years from the future Space B who gets killed by Pokey's mum. And he, as he's dying, he's like, here, have this magic stone and go to these places to collect the song. And I'm like, what? And that's it. It's like, Gygas is coming. He's going to conquer the world. You need to 
take this magic stone and do something okay and that's it that's literally it and your mum's like oh yeah have an adventure bye but you know this is just japanese video game mums in general you have have you played pokemon no your your mum is similarly like delinquent in that too she's just like oh yeah go talk to the professor and have an adventure see ya at least in this game you go and give your mum a call every now and then on the phone and she's like yeah i'm watching my soap opera it's coming to a steamy bit yeah <laughs> bye bye <laughs> So the first time you visit is, I thought I thought I'd let you finish it. Finish vi- visit what? The first time you visit. Oh, the first town. Yeah, won it. Yeah. On it. Is it on it or won it? So now you know why I I let you say it. Oh, you coward! I I mean I say on it personally. I would have said on it. The first thing that came to my mind when I first came to on it, I just thought South Park Stick of Truth. But you'll say there are other games like this. No, I think the the perspective I think that Earthbound is kind of played in is quite unique because it's it's really weird. It's not like a consistent projection. The whole game is like a really it's kind of like a weird bad trip or something. Well, not a bad trip, but it's there isn't a consistent projection for the game. The streets are all angled like one way, but Ness is kind of drawn as if he's like from the front. I don't know. It's a bit it's a bit funny. I think it's quite a physically big town considering the amount of stuff in it most jrpg towns are kind of they feel a bit tighter like this is really sprawling you say sprawling we're in a world of gta 5 and witcher 3 well i mean i mean sprawling for like the amount of stuff that's in it there's only a few buildings that you can go into and some of the buildings they just give you like a dialogue little you know snippet when you go up to the door so considering how much there actually is to do in the town it's very spread out i think another thing that's quite unusual for it is that there are cars and you can see just cars driving around the town as you walk around it that's actually quite unusual for a snes rpg i mean that is more like gta to be honest you can't get run over by these things though as much no, as i tried to no they, they just stop when you step in front of them it's not like smash brothers where they can I think the intended thing you're supposed to do is wander around town, talk to the mayor, and he'll tell you he's having trouble with the sharks, and the sharks are a gang, which I didn't realise, because the game... You know, I just encountered the 10 years from the future space bee, so I thought there might be actual sharks just swimming in the ground. But no, the sharks are a gang. But I didn't do this, because I I was just walking around the town like a spiral from the outside of the town in, so I actually found the sharks beat them and beat their boss before i found the mayor and the mayor was like oh thanks for dealing with them i was like you're welcome i guess does the space bee tell you to go to giant step yeah but i didn't know where giant step was yeah so it turns out giant step is behind the entertainer shack which is locked and then the mayor has the key so it turns out that's the reasoning for it. But yes, not obvious at all to me. There's no waypoint arrow. There's no hand-holding. It's just like, off you go. But that's what's quite nice. You, you're just encouraged to explore. That's my attitude. And I died a few times and it was okay. I died a lot, actually. I died I died way more than I expected. I was just not being careful. And I, when you get critted, and it was just like, oh, I died a lot more than I expected. I use the auto fight feature. Did you? A lot. Unless I needed to use a side power, I just auto fought. Yeah, I mean, I was just mashing A to attack. So, 
similar thing because you when you start out you've got very few side points so you, there's not really much decision making to do you're better off just hitting everything i did like um you know when you get through the entertainer shack and you're starting to go to giant step you go into that dungeon you've got to fight the mice and stuff and then i, I remember being genuinely surprised the first time i got attacked by slugs because you can see all the enemies on the map I did not notice the slugs because they're like just black dots. But you notice them moving. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, cause I, they just didn't register. I thought they were just part of the background. And then when one of them suddenly just shot towards me and attacked me, I was like, what the? Oh, I see, I see. So when they're motionless, they look like detail on the floor. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. And then I was genuinely surprised the first time I got attacked by, by one. The boss, the giant ant, what's it called? I don't know. I don't remember either. It's like a big ant. I just hit it a lot. Nothing too exciting. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, at this point in the game, you just bash stuff. Yes. And then... What about equipment? I mean, oh, well, what about equipment? Too early too early at that stage, probably. Well, again, you can go and buy some at the pharmacy. I don't know. I feel like we're getting into way too much detail about stuff that's not really important here. Okay, okay let's move on then. I don't know. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think this is all relevant? Do you think this is interesting? I don't, I don't feel like we have to give... I don't feel like we'll have to narrate our playthrough of the game. But that's how we're going to structure it. But I think we should just pick out the things that were interesting. I don't think we okay, want to fine. talk through a 40-hour game by saying, and then I did this, and then okay, I did fine. that. I don't know. I, think, I feel like the interesting thing to say is that it wasn't clear where to go. Yeah, and I didn't know where Giant Step was. No, nothing's very clear. It's almost you stumble upon things. Definitely. If we skip forward again, then to Tucson, the next town, I got totally stuck here. For a long time. Not for quite as long this time as the... F- I remember the first time I played it, I was genuinely stuck. Like, I did not know what to do. And I think I played it for several hours, probably. Like, wandering around town and trying different things. But the town has plenty to do as well. You can go into the park, you- there's the kids. Is that right? What, Berglin Park? I mean, Orange Kid and Apple Kid? Yeah, have I got locations incorrect? Uh, Orange Kid and Apple Kid are outside the park, but whatever, they've got their houses with, like, big signs outside saying Orange Kid and Apple Kid. Do you think Apple Kid is some, like, reference to Apple? It's just a coincidence, probably. Maybe. So, I don't know. I actually remember this the first time I played Earthbound, getting completely the wrong end of the stick, because I tried to take the bus to Threed, Yes. And then you get turned back by the ghosts. And they mention that, like, happy things make the ghosts slow down and you might be able to get through. And I thought I had to take the bus. And I was trying to use the, like, you know, I gave the orange kid the money. Yeah, I think the first time I played it, I only had, like, 200 bucks. I could only afford to pay one of the kids. And there's those two girls there that say, oh, that that inventor, he's so dreamy. Not that stupid apple kid. uh, The super hot orange kid. And... So I gave the money to Orange Kid, and he gave me the Super Orange Machine, or Superma. What does that do? Because I didn't get that. It does fuck all. That's what it does. You, When you use it, it says, it played the happy song, the ode to Orange Kid, and promptly broke. And I was like, did I have to use that in the tunnel? Shit. <laughs> you are one unsatisfied customer. Yeah, well, I've paid $200 for this piece of shit. But it turns out what you have to do is give the $200 to the app. Well, you can give 
the money to both. But the, giving it to the Apple kid is what lets you proceed. Because you only have a, you know, you're not that wealthy at that stage. Unless you you can grind out more money, well, I guess. I, I, I was much better off this time because, you know, I played the game before. And I, even though I died a lot at the beginning, by the time I got through on it, you know, I wasn't dying anymore. I'd got enough side points and I got back into the feel of the game to know how to, like, remember to heal. And also, even when you do die, you lose, is it like you lose half the money that you're carrying? But I just took to not carrying any money around with me. So I had loads of cash in the bank. I just withdrew 400 and gave 200 to each this time. Continuing the theme, I bought that pencil eraser by luck. It was a 50-50 whose invention I was going to buy. Right. Okay, there you go. So you made the right choice. And when the first time I played the game, I made totally the wrong choice. And I actually had completely forgotten that this is what you did as well. Like, I remembered that you didn't take the bus. Like, the bus is the wrong choice. And I saw the pencil. I was like, okay, I need the pencil eraser. But I couldn't remember for the life of me how to get it. It was, again, complete coincidence that the phone rang and it was like, come collect the invention. And then I was like, oh, yeah. So you don't get the receiver phone either if you talk to the orange kid. Yeah, Orange Kid just gives you Superma, the Super Orange Machine, and all it does is, it, it literally, you use it, and the text box pops up that says, it played the song, Ode to Orange Kid, and promptly broke. Also in, po- in Pusan. In Pusan. Pusan. <laughs> in Tucson. The photographer came. The, the photographer comes in one it as well. The, the Fuzzy Pickles photographer. What is that about? I do not know. You know what? I was actually going to ask you, because I thought you'd actually read like more about the game. And you could tell, I was actually going to ask you, what's the deal with the photographer? Like Wait. instant memories. Say Fuzzy Pickles. Does that mean in the credits? So I, I think that's a really good prediction. I, don't, I genuinely don't know what the photographer is about. Okay. And the other thing I wanted to mention was, did you go to the hotel? Oh, this is where you keep bugging that guy and then he just gives you 50 bucks yeah yeah at that moment i thought this game is something special because that is something really bizarro and and that's not a predictable risk i know for me that wasn't a predictable response from a character so you like unpredictable <laughs> 50 dollars there's yeah there's other weird stuff like that i remember i got i got mushroomized like i got i got a mushroom put on my head and then i went to the hospital or the guy in the hospital, not the doctor. The not, healer. Yeah, the healer. And he was like, oh, you've got a mushroom on your head. I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And I was like, okay. Because I was expecting to have to pay money to get healed. Not that I would get paid money to be healed. It's something you've mentioned in the past. It's like surprises aren't a good thing. Yeah, it, it's a nice surprise. You won't sing it. I, I think a lot of games in the 90s were like this. Because there was no hand-holding, everything's a surprise. One last thing. You you love to talk about game music. Yes. The music in this game is great. I've even made an, a point to note it down for Tucson. So, you know, I'm learning slowly. Oh, no, we're not on to three yet. Sorry. Well, number one, I haven't got to three. 
I haven't got to three because you didn't say to play to that point. Happy, happy village, sorry. Yeah, happy, happy. On to happy, happy village. You have to go through the the valley. Is it a valley? Well, you have, yeah, I think it's a valley. There's a river. The bridge is out. You have to go all the way around and do the pencil eraser thing. And it's quite a grind fest. I think it's quite a slog getting through all those enemies. Those trees. <laughs> the ones that blow up. At the end, yeah. Well, the thing is, it's interesting because... In a lot of other RPGs of this time, the random battles, they, you know, you can't see the enemies, just suddenly you get pulled into a random battle. In this, you can see all the enemies, but it doesn't really help you because you kind of have to fight all of them anyway. Unless you go and actively fight them, they chase you and they get a back attack and then you just lose your first turn. So you kind of have to fight them anyway. It's not, it's odd, even though, you know, you'd think you have the choice. But having said that, once you've beaten the area... The enemies actually run away from you. I thought that was quite a nice touch because it's not like what well, modern games, I guess. If you think about Diablo, for example, Diablo 3, which we've been playing recently, when you get to the end of a dungeon, they put a teleporter in just to teleport you out because it's just you don't want to have to walk all the way back. Or like Skyrim, the dungeon is like a big circle. So it turns out, oh, at the exit, there's this convenient ledge and I can jump off and be back at the beginning. Earthbound, you've just got to slog all the way back through from the end to the beginning again, but they make the enemies run away from you. So I guess then you have the choice. Another nice touch is if you're really overpowered, it just insta-resolves the battle. You know, it, it does the... A battle is starting, and then it just does the you won. And gives you the XP. So I guess they did try to make it a little bit more streamlined. I really appreciate that quality of life change. I say change, touch. And then Happy Happy Village itself. I mean, this is... There's a lot of like weird and subversive stuff in the game. Because you, you mentioned you liked fighting the... Was it Retro New Age Hippie? Yeah. Or stuff. And then like, there's like the angry shopping lady, I think. An annoying old man. <laughs> and then Happy Happy Village itself is full of like these... The blue... Like Happy Happy Religion. The blue cultists. And they like the Ku Klux Klan, but they're all in blue. Yeah, and everything is blue. When did I-465 do blue? But this is in Japan, so I'm sure that wasn't an influence. <laughs> Still, an odd place. What is in Happy Happy Village? Just... So, you are sent to Happy Happy Village to rescue Paula, or Paige, depending on how you've named your characters. When you go to sleep in a hotel, you get a psychic message from her, and she says, come rescue me. I'm somewhere near running water or something. And you find her in locked up in this hut that you can get to through the village. And then another interesting... It never explicitly tells you to go to Lilliput Steps. I personally found your explanation of play up until Lilliput, the cave to Lilliput Steps really confusing because it never actually tells you this is where Lilliput Steps is. I think you could actually just completely skip Lilliput Steps. I mean, maybe you can't. I haven't actually tried it. But I, you could definitely go to Happy Happy Village, beat Mr. Carpenter, rescue Paula, and then go back to Tucson, I think. I don't think you have to go to Lilliput Steps. Okay. Does that make sense? You finished Lilliput Steps. I don't want to talk about Lilliput Steps. We said we wouldn't get, go there. Well, fine. We said we wouldn't go there. But still, I, I don't know. I, I think this is like one of those, the game doesn't handhold you. Because you, you go and fight the guy. You, you get your new character. And then 
she says, I bet everyone in Tucson is worried about me, which kind of seems to imply, oh, go back to Tucson. Because that's where her parents are. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah, so it never actually tells you to go to Lilliput Steps. I'm pretty sure one of the stones is in Lilliput Steps. Oh, it, it is. It, it definitely is. You, okay. you definitely have to go there to finish the game, because you it's one of your sanctuary locations that goes into the soundstone, but I don't think the game told me to go there. It just said, there's a spooky place called Lilliput Steps. At one point I thought, you can actually finish Lady Put Steps, realise you'd hit Lady Put Steps and not gone to get Paige or Paula. Yes, that's definitely possible too. Yeah, that's definitely possible too. I actually walked into there and I was like, is this the cave to Lily Put Steps? Am I meant to be doing this? So, unclear instructions, Ting. But I wanted to keep it spoiler free. There was like method to the madness. There's always method to the, the Ting madness, at least. Something you mentioned to me before... I even started the game with teddy bears. Yeah, this is one of the things that stuck in my mind. This is one of the things that stuck in my mind from the first time I played the game. And I was like, this is really odd. Because you can buy a teddy bear or find a teddy bear in Paige's house. I'm calling her Paige now, Paula's house. And the teddy bear kind of follows you around like a party member. And it just takes damage for you in battle. So it's just like an extra party member that just, you know... We'll take a hit for you. Is any reason to the teddy bear, though? Like? Like, why is it so effective in absorbing damage? Why do people use teddy bears and not cushions or pillows or blankets? I don't know. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. There's lots of, like, wacky stuff in this game. There's loads of little little weird things. Like condiments. Did you, did you encounter this guy? The guy saying condiments? ketchup and hot sauce and stuff and Can then we... when you eat like a, a bread roll then it was like ness used the hot sauce on the bread roll it didn't taste very good i'm not gonna waste inventory space on ketchup i've got no freaking inventory space you've got such a small inventory but then when you get another character it doubles yeah so there is that but it's still a tiny tiny inventory because certainly when you've got only ness you've got to hold all your armor your weapons and then you can't throw away things like the map, the soundstone, the ATM card. But you have the, um, oh, do you? Maybe you get it later. I'm worried that the delivery... Ah! Oh, Escargo Express. Yes. Yeah, your sister when she works for... But has that happened? Or... Yeah, yeah, it's happened. Well, you have that? They cost money, man. Don't be a cheaps- cheapskate. Don't be a cheapskate. Don't get cheap on me. Of all, of all people. <laughs> I did. Uh, that's another thing I did really like, though. The first time I called up, and, you know, you talk to your sister and she's like, oh, do you need a delivery from Escargo Express? And then you're walking around town and suddenly you're like, you stop. Crazy music. And the guy runs up to you and he's like, Escargo Express. Do you have money to cover the delivery charge? And I'm like, what happens if you say no? Is he like, then fuck you too, buddy? Is he actually? Yeah, he does. Really? I bottled it first time around when I was still being a cheapskate. Yeah, I just told him to, well, not paying you. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? I, you know, this is going to sound really dumb, but the first time I did it, I didn't realise it charged me money. And I didn't actually have that much money, but I was too embarrassed to say no. I was like, he's like, you called, right? And I was like, yeah. And it's like, it'll be $18. You can cover it, right? And it's like, yeah, take this cookie because I do I need to give him something. He's like, have a cookie. Thanks, man. He's like, that'll be 18 bucks. And I was like, great job. Shit. I know, it's a computer game, but I felt it would be rude to send the guy away after he'd just run up so cheerfully. 
I put my map away, then I realised, shit, it's a map of the whole fucking world. <laughs> you had to call them again. I thought I'd get maps for each town for some reason. No, you know what? I, I thought that too. That, I mean, that would make sense. But no, that's not how it works. Yeah, so it's a silly game. Is that one more thing to say? One more thing? What, what else do you want to say? Page's prayer ability. Yeah, again, slightly confusing. I mean, maybe it's because we don't have the instruction manual, but I find it funny that she has this ability that Ness doesn't have. Like, you know, it's completely unexpected that she has completely different ability. Oh, well, it probably shouldn't be unexpected because I guess a lot of RPGs do this. But yeah, there's no explanation for her having this ability. And Ness doesn't have any equivalent. Because what I, at one point, I think, I'm pretty sure, but I couldn't say for sure, is that she healed the enemy and I thought, Oh, that wasn't good. Yeah, I think Prey just does random stuff. Like, there's there's like a table of things it can pick from. Some of them are really good, some of them are really bad. Because I've had it fully heal me, I've had it slightly heal me, I've had it restore PP, I've had it just insta-kill the enemy. It just seems to be like, roll the dice, see what happens. But do you think, do you think it's possible that it, the enemy may have been healed, or was I incorrect? No, I, I'm sure you're right. Because, I mean, there has to be a downside to it otherwise you could just always use it you know there has to be the chance of it doing something bad okay okay so i mean that's as far as we were supposed to have played too yes are you going to give us more precise instructions for the next section well you know the instructions you're such a expletive (laughs) i i actually i'm still confused though because i the natural way i would have thought of doing this would have been to say, play up until you get to this town. But I don't know what the towns are. Well, you really don't, because you didn't cotton on that the towns are numbers. That made me laugh. Sorry, Ting, just to publicly shame you. The most annoying bit, I felt so smart when I told you, and then I realised, shit, who are you talking to right now, Ting? Who are you talking to? You just said your surname. <laughs> you should have bleep it out, please. <laughs> Please make sure I listen to the edit. Okay. Do you remember the the instructions? Something, something monkey cave? Is it, I can't, no, I don't remember the instructions. Hang on, let's bring them up. Don't start monkey cave slash fortune. What? Why is it a slash? Don't tell me, actually. I guess it's a spoiler. That's, In- what, that's what the heading was. <laughs> You've just taken this from the freaking IGN guide, haven't you? Boom! So, was it that not in one? That was seriously. I'm impressed. Oh, that predictable. M G. It may not even be correct because it's a wiki. No wonder it makes no freaking sense. It's the first thing that came up. I didn't want to Google too hard. Okay, it's true. No, we we won't feel a spoiler. So all we know is. After a Manny Manny statue battle, don't start the monkey caves or the 48th floor. I've got a confused face. This obviously doesn't translate well onto an audio recording. And it looks like he's holding a tray. A tray? Yeah, I suppose it's a tray. Yeah. I suppose it's a tray. So, um, yes, that's where to play to. I have no idea what town this is in. I have no idea anything. This is the this is the vaguest and most unhelpful instruction. All will become clear. All will become clear when you unexpectedly hit this point and be like, oh, I need to stop now. Well, we're not saying you have to stop. But that's where we'll talk about up to next time. 
that's the rule, right? Yes. That's all we'll talk, talk about next time. But you can, you can keep going. Just don't go too far. Just don't go too far? Yeah. Don't go too far, man. So far, so good. So far, so silly. So f- I've seen some ugly cats as well, but I couldn't find it, so I couldn't talk about it. Disappointed. You've seen some ugly cats? In Tucson. Earthbound. Yeah, in Tucson. There's a cat on the roof that looks a little bit... That, there's an uglier one, I'm pretty sure. Really? I went back to that cat. She didn't look too ugly to me. Okay. And you're enjoying it? It's kind of relaxing. Is this the first and only JRPG you have played? Yes. Because and- Zelda doesn't count. Well, the, the, Zelda's a, like an action RPG. It's laughter. <laughs> you, you're going to make me work hard for these sound bites. I don't know what it does, how it does it, but it makes... It's taught me that dying's okay. It's a, bit, a really important thing for me. And achievements don't matter? Oh, yeah, one more thing. <laughs> you level up and it's... It's really excitable. It's like, oh baby, you're now plus three on vitality. Yes. That made me chuckle. Yeah, you're right. It does make a big deal. It's weird. It's really lumpy as well, actually. Like some level ups, like, oh baby, plus three, plus three, plus three, plus 26. And other levels were like, plus one. It's like, and? It's like, no and. Plus one. Are we done? No and, and we're done. So we have some post chat. So I've decided in my mind. That Sir Michael complains too much. So our post-chat feature... <laughs> what? What is this? We have a post-chat feature. This is the intervention. What is Sir Michael grateful for this week? This, this, you just sprung this on me. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. You just have to be grateful for one thing. Oh, dear. It's just like mindfulness. No, we're trying to give, up, give a bit back. Rather than just take, take, take. I am grateful for... President Trump. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't even say it. Um, it can be gaming related to make your life easier. To make my life easier. Ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I am grateful for having options. I don't know. I have lots. Oh, that's 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 really deep. <laughs> it's deep. Yeah, it's very deep. But I think it's true. I think everyone appreciates having options. And, and I mean, I actually do mean this in quite a philosophical sense, you know, never really trapped. I have plenty of, I have plenty of options and I think that's actually really important and freeing. Boom. Boom. There you go. I think I, maybe that was too big a one, too big and abstract a one to, to start with. If you're going to make this a weekly feature. Yeah. This you- week I am grateful for polos. Lamps. Lamps. I'll tell you what I'm not grateful for. Have you seen... That's not what the... That is not what the feature's about. (laughs) Let me me say my piece. Have you seen what they've done to Toblerone? No. No? No. Okay. Seriously, look at what they've done to Toblerone in the UK. I don't know if they... Have they done this globally or have they just done this to the UK to punish us for Brexit? But, okay... We're going to look at this after the show, and then you'll agree with me too. So either they've made it smaller, they've changed the shape, like the worst can they do? Oh, well, you, you will see. You will see soon enough. It's no longer chocolate. <laughs> it's just made of wallpaper paste. It's made of dust. Just it's a very bit. slimming. Dust? Dust anyone? 
Oh, that now I feel like we're done. <laughs> no, no, we're I'm done. satisfied. So we were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. And on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. And please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. And do you want to mention the subreddit? Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. And we really are done now. Bye-bye. My post... (laughs) (laughs) We're not done. My post chat wasn't really post. This is post. But never mind. Bye. Bye.